This is the EPLOG audio experience. Film is clearly a sophisticated art, possibly the most important art of the 20th century with a rather complex history of theory and practice, writes James Monaco in his book, How to Read a Film. So far in our podcast, The Artists, we have had filmmakers, writers, critics, programmers from some of the top film festivals, musicians, thinkers, defining their combinatorial skills. We at Metaphysical Lab have been striving to expand the realm of our podcast, which in turn gives a wider uh, canvas to the understanding of our experiences. And also we have tied up with Epilogue Media, the podcasting network. So you can find us on their website, epilogmedia slash the artist. And of course, you can continue to listen to us on the platforms that you choose from Apple Podcasts to Spotify to GeoSavan to Google Podcasts. Everything is mentioned in the description. And of course, you can reach us uh, on the WhatsApp number and our email ID. I'm your host, Suchita, and I'm looking forward to a wonderful journey ahead. Welcome to the 61st episode of our podcast, The Artist, and I'm about to touch the 100th episode in the next 40 episodes, and I'm like, Joe Rogan is on 1,559th episode as of November 5th, 2020, and I'm like, let me not focus on the entire staircase and just see the next step, and the next step, and that next step will take me the next step, and the next step. Welcome guys. I hope you guys are enjoying my silent snacky episodes as we double it up with our full episodes. Today we're in conversation with the makers of Pendular, a film I saw a couple of years back and I was actually not aware that the co-writer of the film, Matthias Mariani, who is on episode 32nd of our podcast, was the co-writer of Pendular. absolutely loved Pendular and it won the Fripresk in Berlin 2017 and we are so elated to be joined by Julia Murat and Matthias Mariani. Julia is the director of the film and the co-writer and Matthias is the co-writer of the film and I was actually not aware that they are a couple, they, were, they are a husband and a wife team. So when I saw the film again, I sort of related to the film much more because I saw the parallels that could have possibly existed between them as the creators and the characters that were part of the film, which is which is a very, very important uh, correlation that gets established in the film, the real and the real life. And that's one of the prominent parts of our conversation today, the writing and the making of the pendular by the writer and the director and the characters in the film who are the artists themselves and where do they draw the line between the personal and the professional life and that is also what is the meaning of pendular how a balance is maintained in relationships and art so julia Murad, the director of the film pendular she has made short films experimental videos commercials video installations and she's extensively worked as an editor uh, her first feature-length documentary film premiered at Cinema Du Real in 2008. Her first feature-length film, Found Memories, premiered in Venice and was selected by San Sebastian, Toronto, Rotterdam, New Director, New Films, and won 36 international prizes, including Best Film at Abu Dhabi, Sophia and Lima. And her second film, Pendular, won two Fripresti prizes, 67th Berlin International Film Festivals and 35th Festival Cinematográfico International del Uruguay. And Matthias, of course, we all know, but for our new audience, I'm going to introduce Matthias. He's a graduate from NYU Tisch School of Arts and has worked extensively as a producer in films such as Fish Dreams, which was in Cannes Critics Week, Drained, which was in Sundance, Adrift, which was in Cannes Uncertain Regard. And, uh, of course, uh, his first fiction film, Shine Your Eyes, where he worked as a director, premiered in the Panorama Session of the 2020 Berlinale, and he's the co-writer of Pendula. Enjoy. Hi, Julia and Matthias. Welcome to a podcast, The Artists. And uh, thank you for taking out time. And uh, thanks to Matthias for taking out time again. He was on our podcast episode 32 as well. So guys, go and check that out as well. So welcome to the podcast. 
Thank you very much. Thank Hello. you. Very happy to be here again. <laughs> For the first time. Uh, so, you know, Julian Matias, I saw uh, I saw your film with Julia has, you know, she's a writer, director, and Matias is the co-writer of the film Pendular, and that one at Fipreski Berlin 2017. I absolutely love the film. But it's quite a complicated film when I was actually watching it again in terms of you know it's got a very strong psychological angle it's it's not an easy film to write or even think about so you know i would sort of want to start with a couple of questions in my mind uh one being that why the title pendula <laughs> uh well i think yeah. julia should answer this yeah. one <laughs> sure uh i believe that since uh, my first film is stories que só existem quando lembradas, the English title is Found Memories. Mm-hmm. And in both films, I believe I started the, the film with some philosophical concepts, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started approaching the, the story of the film with this concept in front of the story. And then I, we need to, uh, actually I came to Matias in told him the, the concept and then we need to we're we're able to look for the concept and discover which story we're going to actually tell right uh, but basically the concept was uh, to think about equilibrium uh, to think about how a balance is managed in a relationship and also in different uh, arts us sculpture and dance because the idea was to think uh, how a balance is something that it can can be relative mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that we used to say that uh, equilibrium is not to be stand is to 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 be in movement mm-hmm. and yet, to be in equilibrium. So the whole idea was to actually understand this this concept itself and to think how a relationship of two people uh, manage this balance inside a, a love relationship. So I'm sorry about my English. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> Matias, uh, would you like to add something to it? Uh, just that from the very start, when Julia first um, introduced the idea, the title was already there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was something that was very clear to her that that's what she she wanted to talk about. And there was this specific um, performance by uh, Ulai and uh, Marina Abramovich that she brought very early on, which, do you know the name, Julia, of the performance? I think it's Love, Rest. Rest Energy. Rest Energy, sorry, yeah, Rest Energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a performance of in which uh, Marina is holding a, a bow, like a bow and arrow, and uh, Ulai is kind of pulling the string of the bow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so there is a, a strange equilibrium where as long as both of them hold the bow, the 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 the, the arrow will not shoot. But if mm. one of them leaves, uh, the, the arrow will shoot. So, so it's kind of a lot about about danger, about risks, and, and stuff like. So that was a very early image that I think uh, has a lot to do with the, the choice of the name, I guess. Mm-hmm. And to to add that the arrow is pointing to Marina's heart. Yeah. Mm, lovely. Lovely. Like the of the relationship yeah. can risk her life, yeah. both lives. Beautiful, it's beautiful. Tell me if if you were to pitch, and I'm, I'm, I'm specifically pointing this out for our listeners who are a lot of filmmakers there, a lot of budding filmmakers. If you had to pitch Pendular in a couple of lines to a prospective producer, how would you pitch it? Well, you had to do it a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> At that point, I was like fast, and I knew exactly what to say. But now I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> any, 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 any advice? Any, any couple of lines? Well, 
my my remembrance when when I was with you it wasn't a lot of times when we were together and we were talking about the film. Hmm. Uh, you you would usually uh, talk a lot about love, about uh, about the film, about relationship, about. Uh, how how you would uh, you would emphasize the part about uh, a relationship movie, I, I guess to make it more accessible and, and for people to understand more what what you're doing. Am, am yeah, I right? Yeah, no, I think so. Yeah. And thinking now, I would say that basically this this performance of Marianne's in Lie is the heart of the film. The sense that it's a film about how a relationship needs to find a balance. Mm without words even when you are not able to talk it's important to find a balance otherwise it can hurt so uh, I would say that something like that mm, beautiful beautiful um, uh, before I ask you this very pertinent question and a prominent question of the podcast that why did you guys choose to be filmmakers which which I'm going to come next I just continue this conversation in terms of your characters in your script writing of course both of you wrote the script together and you guys are i'm getting slightly personal here and you guys are married and uh, you've gone you know it, it, you've gone through your own journey of being together and uh, personally and professionally and coming from my own personal experience uh where do you guys find or draw the line when it comes to working together <laughs> mm -hmm. It's hard to draw that line, you know, and mm. I think it's a moving line in a lot of ways, you know, it moves a lot, I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe maybe uh, in the film there is the Zimmers that starts the film that they they draw a line. They yes, draw. yes. They draw a line uh, deciding which part is from each one. Yes. And basically this line is impossible to draw because of course, someone needs more space than other. Uh, and at the same time, this needing of space may be something that can be also oppressive for the others. So yeah. I think it's always something that we need to, to discover each day. Yeah. I think in the beginning of the relationship, we had this this desire to to do things together, to work together. and. And I, I must admit, I was the one who was more like, okay, we should do everything together, we should uh, produce together, and it's everything. It's not completely true. <laughs> yeah. When the first beginning, that he would never produce a film of mine, and and then I I reply him that I would never edit a film of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there were comings and goings, and, and at, at a certain point there was this, this agreement that I think we reached, which is to try to collaborate in creative aspects of filmmaking, but try not to, to work so much in, a, in, in less more production uh, position. So, so try to avoid situations where you know, I would have to, to kind of limit what she's doing creatively or she would have to limit what I was doing creatively. So we, we kind of try, not, we don't always get to that, but we try to, right? We try to like uh, not not be in a situation where production is involved because that's where I guess the, the biggest uh, clashes can happen, I guess. <laughs> that's the way to put it. Hmm. And yeah, challenge. sorry, sorry, Julia. Or at least the biggest challenge. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Sure. And and of course, I see a you know a few parallels between, you know, the the, the characters and you guys. If I'm if I'm not sort of intruding too much here, uh, how much did you guys pull it out from your life as well and to put it in the script? I would say a lot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a lot. I think. It, yeah. It, that, that was. You know, and, and being very frank, that was the beauty of writing it in a lot of ways. Yes. In a certain in a certain way, the film was running, the writing of the film was running parallel to our own discoveries of each other. You know, Lovely. We started, mm. how? Oh, we how started like, like six months, eight months after we, were we started yeah. a relationship. So. And, and then it went all the way until the film was only released when we already had our first daughter together so lovely and we are pregnant during the, the shooting so oh, oh yeah, during the shooting, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so so, it, so i think it, it, the beauty of it was to try to 
to make it so that um, that both the the hurtful and the and the beautiful aspects of the relationship would be uh, represented in, in in the way we wrote and in what we wrote as well, I guess, right? And I would add that I think the the, the desire to make the film hmm. was a desire to talk about a relationship where uh, it's difficult to understand. Yes. And there is love. Yes. Yes. And I think was basically our beginning I think we were like in the beginning I was completely in love with Matias and it was quite difficult to understand our difference and where to 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 be and to be part of that relationship and yet to have your individual I mean that's probably almost all, all relationships in, in life but uh, I was uh, at this point discovering, and we start writing. So I think the film is basically about this feeling, this this feeling that you are in love with someone, and yet you don't understand completely this person. Yeah, it's beautiful. I I just love that part. It's beautiful, and especially her, you know, her solo performance, the solo dance that she does. Oh God, that's just. It just took my hand away, you know. I mean, your characters, you know, Raquel Caro, if I'm not wrong, Raquel Caro, Rodrigo Bolzan, just, you know, just getting these two guys to just perform so brilliantly. Uh, it, how 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 difficult was it, Julia, in terms of the process of getting them into your psyche? <laughs> I am a director that loves. Uh rehearsal. Mm -hmm. that's, for me, there are many directors that don't like yeah. that you like like just just to be in the in the, in the shooting fresh. Yeah. For me, it's the opposite. I think I kind of think of acting uh, in movie just like acting in theater in the sense that as much as you you rehearsal better. It will be somehow. Uh, yeah, of course we need to to discover the freshness of the shooting, but that for me it's another thing. And I think in Pendula what we we did in the first we did like one month and something of rehearsal every day almost. Mm -hmm. From the beginning, we we basically were like trying to create intimacy. So uh, we're not talking about, we're talking about the characters, of course, but we're not talking about the script itself. We were like trying to create intimacy between both and then uh, trying to recreate some situations of the script in order to understand how those intimacy that we're talking in letters actually were able to move in the body because since a very silent film uh, the board itself would have to talk a lot so I think that was basically what we did trying to, to prepare for the film and both of them and, and Raquel specifically were very into the film in the sense that like Raquel actually prepared herself like eight months Oh, you need to prepare the whole dance part. Yes. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's beautiful. In terms of Raquel, Raquel Caro and Rodrigo Bolzan, but I mean, you know, when I saw the intimacy level, it's so beautiful. But you know, like if you talk about suppose a country like India, it's very tough to get actors to get into that level of. I mean, we are very conscious in terms of physical shooting, you know, physical intimacy. So, how easy or how difficult was that to get that intimacy right? It was my first time. Yeah. Uh, um, in stories, in found memories, uh, we had like one shooting that was like uh, it, it was about uh, an old woman in the eighties. Mm -hmm. And in one scene, in one scene that she needs to be naked, mm -hmm. uh, and it was very tough 
for for the experts and at the last point she was like refusing and so we decided to not not show the naked mm -hmm. just to, to to have the intention of it so i was quite afraid of how to create that yeah and the the i, I was like uh, director as assistant director many times he did many many times and every time that i was and we need to have a, a sex scene i al always thought it was very artificial the whole yeah. thing the whole situation yes so uh, the, the way we tried to do was to be as frank as possible in the sense that i talked a lot with the actors we didn't rehearse those things. Uh, we, we, that was the only things that we did try to rehearse, and it was very strange. So we decided not to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the whole idea was we talked a lot. Mm -hmm. We create a scene in the sense that we create confidence in both of them. Yes. In, in us, I, I would say. And uh, they try to understand what is the despotism. Uh, uh, the sexual attraction. The sexual attraction, attraction that they would have in between them. Besides the fact that my, uh, Rodrigo is gay, and I mean, it's not about a real sexual attraction, but mm. what was in both of them that actually he, they, they would be attracted to mm. uh, and that was basically the feeling that we attach in order to 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 persecute the, the the scene yeah it's, it's it's so aesthetically done it looks so so real and it looks so beautiful it's i mean it's not easy i'm sure i'm sure it must not be easy for the actors to you know get into that level of intimacy but it's so beautifully done julia i mean it's like kudos to you guys uh, to be able to execute such a beautiful scene tell me tell me matthias and julia what why did you choose to be a filmmaker this is our patent question by this podcast exists <laughs> why are you filmmakers and not anything else i probably answered it before and i'm going to say something different because i don't remember what <laughs> <said>. yeah <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but maybe yeah. Julia can start. No, you can start. I can start. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll be very practical. You know, I, mm. I, I, I was born in a family that <clears throat> uh, kind of had expectations of me to, to be in a more traditional uh, profession. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I went to, to biology school. You know, I was going to be a biologist. And, uh, and, and, and suddenly I, I realized it. Well, I, I kind of knew it all along, but suddenly I had this urge to, to change and to, so I, I dropped out of, of, of the university and I started to ponder what things I could do. At, the, at that time, I was more involved in literature. I, I was writing poems and I was publishing and stuff like that. But I, I felt like I, I, I wanted something that spoke more to my, to my, social side i guess to, to, to how to deal with people and how to to even though that i am essentially an introvert that was something that i felt i, I had to work on myself i had to 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 develop so i guess filmmaking just came out of there and and, and then i started to study and the more i studied it i i loved it the, the more you know and and it was just a process in, in that sense you know practically i think that that's pretty much what happened to me when i was 19, uh, you know, 20, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I am yeah. opposite, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very, very different. My mom is a filmmaker. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. She's still making films. Yes, yes. actually, yes. she has a, a film in the São Paulo Film Festival that it's going on now. Both uh, Cidade Pássaro and her film. Anna, Cidade Pastor is my, my fiction film, are both in the same section of the same festival, which is very funny and very good. <laughs> what are you saying? I want to know more, more about her and her films and see if everyone can invite her to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that would be great. 
She speaks great English. <laughs> okay. She's probably like one of the, probably the woman that has more films of in Brazil. In Brazil, for sure, yeah. Yeah. She's probably the the, the, the long has the longest career as a, as a female uh, director. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I, I work and I'm in the set since I was five. Mm, okay. With something that define a head. Uh, so basically, I always knew the set and I always felt quite free in the set. But when I was five, I wanted to be an actress. <laughs> oh, lovely. And I did it for like 10 years. Uh-huh. And I was terrible. <laughs> really terrible. Mm -hmm. And then I decided to do a, like a professional theater. And I was in this school. And I was really terrible yet, after mm -hmm. 10 years. <laughs> and, and that's cool. I realized that I liked more about directing the actors than to to be as an actor, as an actress. Mm, lovely. So that that's when you you found your calling. That's uh, when I found. But at the same time, uh, I was already uh, working in cinema since I was sixteen. Mm. Oh, I, I like of working cinema scenes. I was sixteen, but but I loved uh, physics. So for like one very small moment of my life, I thought about doing physics and nothing uh, with art. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but astronomy, yes. Yeah. But but it was very very short, and basically I, I did work with cinema scenes ever. <laughs> mm, lovely, lovely. In just. Just want to sort of uh, add one more question when it comes to the script part. Um, when you guys were sort of fleshing out the film, you've divided the film into four four act structure. Uh, did, did it come sort of organically while you were writing? Did you work through the characters or did you sort of outline the entire structure first? How did you guys go about that? Well, my memory is that... Um you know, right in the beginning, Julia had that that that, that team, that philosophical idea, as she said, and and she also had some very strong images that she wanted to to, to write in the film. The idea of a common space that is divided by by a tape, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, and and also some of, of of his work. You know, what kind of work he did, what kind of work she did. You know, those things were kind of very early on present. Hmm. Then uh, what would happen is that I would write uh, uh, by myself uh, situations and, and, and a first, uh, a first, um, not a draft. How do you call a argument in English? I, I keep forgetting. Yeah, treatment. A treatment. Sorry. Hmm. A treatment. And uh, and and Julia would be very present in uh, in in kind of saying, okay, no, that's not it. And and she would take out scenes and reorganize scenes and. And, and asked for changes in specific places and stuff like that. And, and, and sometimes also write herself entirely new, new sequences. And then from that, that point on, I think the characters started to, to be brought more to, to shape, you know, both, both uh, him and her. Uh, we would we'd see more clearly who they were and, and stuff like that. And, and, and there were some kind of true lines that started to get established, you know, the idea that he had this work which involved uh, kind of connecting to different places, you know, from, from, from where he was to, to his past somehow. These were kind of general ideas that we started to, to construct. That's something that you brought. Yeah. Uh, Matthias thought about this performance that he would have done mm -hmm. that actually connects some city in Mexico to Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he would have this line in between the Mexico city and Rio de Janeiro. And I love the whole idea. So we basically start thinking what narratively was was the the reason that he would do that. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. The idea was he, he made this huge wall from Mexico to Rio 
just uh, with some kind of uh, line or, or materials yes. that he slowly string to each other and, and he would, you know, unite these two locations in his life. And Julia thought, if I remember correctly, there was a bit too surreal that he would do it, you know, such a big space. And mm. then we decided, and she proposed that we do something smaller and... Uh, and you know it's 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 it hard. Maybe to... my 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 production sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I kind of turn out my production side when I when I write sometimes, and it can be can be bad. <laughs> well, my hope here in this film because there is this image that I had in fond memories that fond memories was a film that we shot very very in with a very small crew, mm-hmm. and yet when we in the day of, before we, we start shooting. The electric, uh, the electric uh, truck. The electric truck arrived, mm-hmm. and it was. I mean, it was huge for my idea, and and the electric, the gaffer, and the gaffer looked at me and said, "Oh, don't worry, Julia. In your next film, it will be bigger." <laughs> <laughs> at that point, I thought, no, fuck, I need to do something simpler. It has to be like two persons in a, only one location. Yeah. So that was the whole idea of the film. Like, it has to be simpler. And then Matthias started writing and started writing, and he put all the... the Mexico. <laughs> Mexico and people getting in the... The, the space. <laughs> the two people was became like... 20 people, the the structures, the the sculptures became like huge. We had like 10 uh, tones. Uh, 10? Toneladas. We we ended up having 10 uh, tons. Is that how you say in English? 10, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. 10 tons of kilos of of, Of uh, material. material. It was something huge. So the whole idea of making something very small became quite yeah but but that's an important point to make i think julia had this very strict thing that really really led the screenplay writing in a lot of ways which is the idea that the film should be accomplished in a, in a small budget and that the 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 the, the feel of the, the the feel i guess of the film should be that of a small crew you know fr- friends mostly working together and kind of having uh, a less hierarchy than, than usually films have. So she had this, I would say, almost like moral imperatives that she had within her mind that, that she would make very clear in the in the writing process. And and that would, you know, even though they they may they may seem not to correlate directly with creative choices, they kind of do in the end because that's you you think of an idea and then you think if this idea is doable or not within the framework she was establishing. So so in a lot of ways, I think this was a very important guide uh, throughout the writing process. Sure. Yeah, and, mm. and I think that the, the idea of being, doing something simple yet uh, with this huge structure and like 10 months of, of rehearsal, mm-hmm. but it's still like trying to understand what is the simplicity of the shooting was something that was part of the film. Yeah, yeah that's a lovely point. Simplicity of the shooting, that's beautiful. Uh, uh, was actually for the four act structure. We didn't, we yeah, didn't, we answer, didn't that. Even answer that. <laughs> uh, yeah, the four act structure part, yeah. yeah. I really don't remember when it starts. Yeah. Uh, but I know that at least in the middle of the film, it was there. But in the middle of the writing? In or? the middle of the writing. Yeah. But uh, it it was like first part, second part, third part. I don't remember if there, there was a fourth part. Yeah. Uh, uh, and the idea of giving words, that I think became in the editing. Yeah, I, we didn't have titles for, for the... Okay. The, for the actual you know, okay. acts, but, okay. uh, but I think Julia added that during the editing. Yeah. No, it's just it's, so it was organic. It just came as you guys were writing. In terms of the funds, uh, tell me, Matthias and Julia. In terms of the fund, you of course you got supported by World Cinema Fund, but but tell me, is was that one of the most difficult part of making Pendulo? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, because I and Fun Memories was a very successful case in festivals. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, it took like 12 years to make phone numbers. Okay. And it was quite impossible to find this film. And by the end, I, I was only able to find it uh, internationally. In Brazil, I, I just got money after the film was already in Venice. Oh my God. But when uh, the film was a very successful case, uh, Pendular was like, I, I, I cannot say easy because that's not true, but comparatively was quite easy in the sense that uh, it, I believe that it was a very difficult film to understand it in script. Yes. And yet we got uh, the money and I know like that one of the persons that gave money gave because uh, he said, I don't completely understand this, this script, but yet uh, I, I believe that uh, fun memories was something that we should, we should keep giving money to this person. Yeah, I, and I think, it's just, I think it's, it was difficult to understand because the, the essence of the film, I mean, it's yes. not because the script was difficult, but because the film was about a relationship without almost no words. So it's something difficult to write. And we did like work a lot trying to, to manage to, to give image in the script, but it was difficult to, to read it. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's important to, to, to note that, you know, in Brazil, we mostly fund, we used to, because now with Bolsonaro, all destroyed, you know. Yeah. Mm. We used mm. to fund our films through uh, through the government. You know, there were specific grants that were given. You know, and and they'd have juries and, and people who decide this this whole process. And I think at that specific moment, when Found Memories began, uh, became what it became. You know, having won Abu Dhabi Film Festival and uh, being to Venice and all of that. People were starting to notice that you know Brazil should invest in in smaller films, but yet films that have a good potential in international uh, festivals. You know, they of course they, they always wanted that, but they but most of the films that the government invested ended up not being exactly on that uh, that profile. I would say. So I guess Julia, there was a timing issue as well that it was very very good timing that she had a, a, a cheap script. At exactly the same the, the the time that the government was investing more in that kind of film. Just give an example. Uh, the film won the first uh, editor, the first found grant, the first grant for for artist films for international festivals. Wow! So, uh, like yeah. a time moment that we had like yeah. four years of this grant. And the film won the first first year. Yeah. So so the government had just opened this line that was specific for art films for international festivals. And since Julia had this uh, track record of having done Found Memories, I think it was uh, quite uh, good timing that that you know they could invest in the film uh, over there. Yeah. Right. Right. You know. You know, Julia and Matthias, I often I often sort of contemplate this question. I ask this to a lot of, you know, my other filmmaker friends who are working in different spaces in films like art house or more commercial space. This is a difficult film to write. This is a difficult film to execute. And this is a difficult film to understand for an audience. You know, uh, do you at times feel, and I feel this a lot in terms of asking a question, that when you have a complicated film like this and which is deep and which is beautiful do it do you at times feel that you have an audience which should be much more than what you think they are right now oh <laughs> <laughs> uh i think we we deal with this very differently i'd say yeah, yeah. it's funny it's probably one of the biggest differences between us in that sense can you want to talk a little bit about it how, how do we do that do you think there's a way to increase an audience uh, for a film uh, like uh, Pendula? I think that there's many ways. Mm. I think all the ways depends on government. Okay. In the sense that uh, it's basically about education. And I'm not 
saying it can sound pretentious, but I'm not hmm. saying that only educated people would understand Pandora. It has nothing to do with that. Yes. But uh, it's true that if we have no education that look for diversity, cultural diversity, we will only see the same things. Yes. So I, I believe that government needs to to act in this specifically uh, way to look culture in the sense that we need to 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 invest opening the diversity of the public mm -hmm. because otherwise money will talk in the sense that of course we are we are handle a uh, structure that there is a, a lot about money right it, it's a lot about PA mm -hmm. so to 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 be to have any strength to battle a huge PA publish an a advertisement. advertisement okay yeah be any harm it's the only way to do it it's like uh, paying attention in the diversity of the the, the culture because I think that would make people looking for more and more. But of course, it's something that quite difficult at this point that we're all going to VOD and with these huge uh, companies that uh, I mean will will define with artificial intelligence, but will mm -hmm. define what we're looking for. Yeah. So I think we are in a very moment that is. It's a huge t challenge for, for Jews. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. I, I don't disagree with that. I, I kind of I agree with what Julia is saying. Mm -hmm. But what I can't, in, in the sense that we are very different in that sense, is that uh, I feel I have more of, um, let's say, uh, I'm, I'm more seduced by, by, by mass, mass narratives, mass sure. media, mass production. Sure. I find it quite... Uh, incredible how, how how those things are built and how, mm. how they can communicate with so many people and and i feel like uh that's something that interests me in a way and i think julia uh has uh, let's say uh such an unwavering uh commitment to her own subjectivity yes that i it's very very beautiful to see uh but it but it kind of excludes her from uh, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it excludes you from from really relating too much with with mass media, you know, in a way. Uh, yeah, with mass media, I would agree. Uh, I kind of believe that I would I will be able to talk more to people if I am more frank with my subjective, because right. I think somehow that's what I uh, I'm able to to give to people. So, so I kind of think that as much as personal and intimacy and, and intentional the film will be, the more I will talk. But of course, I will only talk to people who are open to this or interest to this kind of intimacy. So, so that's like uh, something that has two two sides, sides. Mm -hmm. because on one hand I think that I will only be able to talk if I have this but uh, with, the, with looking for this I will probably lose a lot of people a lot of communications yes yes does this worry you because I I constantly think about this question I've asked this on my other episodes as well that you know, as Mati has rightly said, in terms of the mass consumption, the mass media, you know, and, you know, the, lev the level or the choice of content, if I may use the word, I hate this word content, but the level of content that's getting created and the culture that it's creating, um, it's a quick consumption uh, culture, as I, if I may say. Do you and your film Pendular has a certain you know it's got a certain level in terms of its intellect in terms of its execution do you worry that because you are creating things of a certain level they might not the the the, the culture is reducing the consumption of such films 
I think that's the, 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 the difference about Matthias was talking, actually. Uh, yeah. I don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. I, I, attach, I, get, I, I attach to the fact that is the most deeper thing I can do. Uh, and I think that, and that's why actually I believe that culture has to be uh, found, found by, by government because mm-hmm. not about commercial, for me it's like about being able to discover new, new worlds. So, and, and the only way to do it is like doing more deep as possible. Mm-hmm. Matthias, anything there? Yeah, um, I, I would say I really admire that side of Julia. I think that <laughs> yeah. that's beautiful. And uh, I'm much more porous, uh, much more influenced by, by the idea of an audience and I guess the idea of, uh, of wanting to communicate. And, I, and I'm very, I find these global narratives, you know, even if I don't agree with them, you know, uh, these huge films that everyone sees all around the world and everything, even if I don't like them, I'm finding quite incredible in the sense that they, even even, even, even if they don't realize, a lot of times they're talking about very human things and very uh, characteristics that, that uh, really binds us together as humans. And, and not only good things, a lot of times they're very bad things, but things that we all feel at the same time. So, in, in, in that sense, I think there is a, uh, a dynamic that I established with, with mass communications that, that kind of makes me feel more creative in a way. While I think Julia does this kind of inner dive, you know, she's always diving deeper within herself to, to bring things out, you know, and I think that that's, that's probably why we work well together, because we, we, we see it very differently in a way. Sure. And tell me what's the most difficult part, what has been the most difficult part in terms of your career as a filmmaker? Uh, on the beginning for uh, the fund, because I think it's uh, the very difficult thing about doing this kind of films is to start. I mean, uh, even with me being uh, uh, someone who is a daughter or filmmaker. So yeah. for me, it was much easier than for um, probably almost everyone but it, even though it took like 12 years to to, to, to be able to, to have money for the film yeah and only international so yes so it's very difficult to to be able to start without already having an important career and I think that's what we need to, to work to be able to, to bring people new people, so I think that's that's the most important thing is to be able to 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 create situations and political situations to to allow people to to start. And then mm-hmm. I would say that now uh, I think there is many challenges, but uh, one of them is to to deal with the pressure of the market, because uh, although I, I don't really got attached to the fact that I need to do a huge audience. Yet, of course, there is a huge pressure of the market. And in the third film that I'm now editing my, my, my next film, mm-hmm. and the third film, like that becomes even bigger because it has to either make a success or, or my career will be, you know, like this kind of pressure is quite difficult to deal with without bringing them to the creative sense, to the creative process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. In terms of, tell me, tell me, Julia and Matthias, in terms of distributing the film, after the film traveled its festival, it was in Berlin, it was in, uh, it was in a lot many festivals. Where is it available now? Where can somebody immediately go and watch it? Uh, it, it is in Mubi, right? I think uh, it's on Mubi. It was where I watched it the first time. I think a year back or two years back. Yeah, now it it is in Mubi nationally. Yeah, uh, only Brazil. I think. Only Brazil. Yeah, uh, this month. But I, I actually don't know. <laughs> See, I, that's what I. You know, that's what. Yeah. We can look it up and let you know that maybe there it's in because in Brazil it is available on Mubi and also available in a, in another local VOD here. Yeah. Uh, 
but I think internationally, maybe right now it's not available. I'm not sure. And that's that's something that is really, I mean, uh, strange because yes, because I mean that's something quite new in, in this moment of the films, right? Uh, but I, I'm sorry, I got a bit confused because there was a sound here. <laughs> I didn't know if I stopped. Okay. Yeah, it's, right. it's going to it's going to stop very very soon. Yeah. Uh, one year ago, it was in YouTube because someone <laughs> had put it, and oh there my was God. one million and and eight hundred <laughs> people thousand people who had seen it. Oh my God. Then the distributors asked me for taking it out, and I had to fight <laughs> with YouTube, and then we, we were able to take it out, but. I kind of missed the fact that the film was in YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> See it. <laughs> okay, tell me, tell me in terms of the budgeting, just for the, for our for our filmmaker listeners, friends. Uh, uh, do, are, were you guys happy with the distribution aspect? Do you think that you know the money was recovered? <laughs> uh, very tough. This is very tough for yeah. Yeah, the, the the way it works in Brazil is that since these are government grants, uh, yeah. it's usually not uh, the, the the priority is not necessarily the recovery of the funds. It's more the, the the cultural and artistic aspect of it. For this kind of film. For this kind of films, yeah. But at the same time, the film did uh, it was sold for uh, quite a few territories. I'm not sure exactly which ones. Uh, do you? Yeah, I don't remember actually. It was sold to to Maybe US, we, yeah. Canada, uh, France. I really don't remember much. Uh, if you would like to add something there, Matthias, in terms of uh, being uh, the most difficult part of being a filmmaker. I think, uh, I guess, for me, uh, right now, you know, and, and it changes a lot throughout. But it still is the, the something that has been following me for a while, which is the idea of, of uh, uh, deciding that your voice is worth listening to you know like mm. uh, uh kind of convincing yourself that the stories you want to tell are stories that that should be mm. told that's very lovely yeah uh, i think that that's a kind of a, a daily routine where you get up in the morning and you mm. and you tell yourself that and you convince yourself that and that's how you go through your day you know but uh but it is something that that it takes a lot of training in a way to, to, to kind of feel the confidence that you need to feel that, yes, you, you, you should tell the stories that you want to tell and that your stories are, are worthwhile and that they are interesting and that people will be, will be interested in them. So I guess that's... Yeah. I, think, I think that's such a sensitive point, Matthias, to constantly sort of, you know, but, you know, I sometimes feel that people, filmmakers were sensitive, you know, thinking that is my voice really worth listening to, you know? Like constantly thinking about this, and I see, you know, these youngsters, twenty, twenty-one, just going out there and doing things. Yes. Yeah. When I was younger, I was in university. I was probably like twenty-two, twenty-one, twenty-two. Yeah. And so I remember talking to a friend at university and him saying, "Okay, so when are you going to direct your first film?" You know, and, and I remember answering, saying, "I don't. I haven't lived enough to to do a film." You know? Yes. Yes. I'm too young. I haven't. I don't have anything to say yet. I know. Probably gonna yeah. take me. A- until I, I develop a life experience to be able to, uh, to, to actually do a film. So that, that's funny. That's, <laughs> that, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's deep, you know. So, yeah. yeah. I kind of envy because when I was 21, I was thinking like, shit, Glauber Rocha did his first film with <laughs> who was 21. Orson <laughs> Welles did his first film with 25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, I, I guess everyone has sort of a different journey in terms of, you know, how their own growth pattern as well. But tell me this one thing, if you, you know, if you would like to sort of add this point, that what is that one thing that you would want your audience to take away from Pendular? That one thing or one memory or one experience? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me think here. Julia is looking at me. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea whatsoever. What to say. <laughs> um, 
I guess I guess the uh, since it is so much our story in a way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that it's so much about about uh, equilibrium of a relationship of emotional equilibrium and stuff. I mm. think the 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 idea of uh, of having let's say strength within a relationship to to adapt, you know, to have, uh, let's say, the give yourself the opportunity to adapt. I know it's it's a moral thing, and, and it feels a little bit silly in the sense that this is not a moral film; it's not a fable or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but at the same time, I think what 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 the film uh, talks about and, and deals with is this this idea of adaptation within an, uh, a love relationship and. And, and how that can change, you know, tremendously how you uh, give yourself to, to someone else. And um, so I think that, that, that no, there's no answers there, but there is, let's say, a description and a, of a process. And I think that that process is one of, of emotional adaptation in a way. Would you agree mm-hmm. with that? I would add that's not only adaptation, but confidence. Mm-hmm. That, uh, uh, it's a process of of uh, trying to make yourself believe that you may confidence in someone and that you may be able to open yourself to someone and how difficult it is. Uh, I just remember that when we started making the film, we were like 30s, in the 30s. Uh, and it was basically a film for me, like, of a relationship of someone who already have something in life, mm, I mean, yeah. who has these past loves, who has these past stories, who has these angers and difficulties. It's not about a, a, a relationship that is starting from nothing. It starts. It starts for something. That, uh, two people who already have some story, of course not much, but yes. has stories. So it's much more difficult to to open yourself to confidence when you already have been hurt. So mm. it's basically about that. Just discover that is it possible to to open yourself again? Is it possible? Mm. To Lovely. First. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, beautiful. That's a beautiful point. I have a couple of questions which uh, I just want to sort of, if you guys would like to answer in terms of the one word. What is filmmaking to you? <laughs> I'm going to go with a safe one and say it's storytelling. <laughs> okay, storytelling. Julia? Julia? Discover. Mm, writing? Um, what is writing? Is that it? Yes, one word. What does writing writing mean to you? Blueprints. What is blueprint? <laughs> <laughs> blueprint. Obra, como fala? Coisa que tem na obra. Quando você desenha a obra. O rascunho? Planta baixa. Writing. I would, <laughs> I would repeat myself because. Okay, discover. I, yeah, I think it's mm. about it's about uh, discovering new words. Even when you when you are talking, I'm not giving you one 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 <laughs> one word. But even when you are talking about yourself in the case yeah. of art, it's still yeah. discovering uh, new things and discovering new 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 ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were not a filmmaker, I think I would be a biologist myself. <laughs> you would. You did it. You tried, but you didn't. But I okay. Still feel like I could do it, you know. I still feel like I could do it. <laughs> okay. Right now, I would be a lawyer. A lawyer? Uh, yeah. But I would say, like, astronomy or cooker. I have a lot of passions. Lovely, lovely. Uh, what do you do when everything is going wrong? 
cry. <laughs> cry? I love crying. I love meditate, crying. Yeah. So. <laughs> I try Not to just meditate. Meditate? Lovely. Yeah, I try to meditate when things are going bad. That's what I've been doing lately. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. And what do you do in the gaps in between making your films? How do you handle your... Do your emotions go up? Well, we take care of our kids, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have two kids. Oh my god. We have no free time whatsoever. We're always taking care of, of them and it's a wonderful thing. It's not, I'm not saying it's only yes. uh, uh, something that, uh, that not only a chore. It is a chore a lot of times, but it's not only a chore. And we, and we love them tremendously. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not going to hold you guys anymore. It's been an hour of your time I've taken. So can, can I add something? Yeah, yes, I please. To add something political. Ah, okay. So yes, please. Yes, please. Yeah. 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 No, just because we had been this lovely talk about creative and it was being very, very good and make us, I believe, I can say us remember how, how good it is to, <laughs> to yes. only talk about creative but at the same time we are in a very difficult situation in a very difficult moment where the culture in brazil is i mean matias talked a little bit about that where yeah, the culture yeah. in brazil is like falling and and i think that i, I just want to add that actually it's quite difficult at this point to talk only about creative process because we are probably not going to have any other opportunity to, to do films. So I yeah, thought it Brazil. was important in Brazil. Yeah, uh, I would say that uh, Brazil film filmmaking itself has been set back, you know, more than a decade by the Bolsonaro government. And, uh, and it is very bittersweet to remember Pendela because that was a time where we would look forward and, and feel like, you know, we had such a strong system put in place that Brazilian films like Pendelar could be made for years to come, uh, decades to come even. And, uh, and since then, you know, we, we had this very uh, fast and sudden uh, dissolution of the whole system that supported films like Pendelar. And, uh, and that means that even if Bolsonaro leaves, even if we are able to to get a president who is uh, more in tune with uh, cu cultural uh, growth. I think it will still take a long time for Brazilian films to recover. So that that is a very important point that Julia brought up, I guess. Sure. And I just want to sort of have one more question before I, you know, let you guys go. So the film has had a certain journey, Pendular. And uh, even Matthias, uh, the film that, you know, he was, his uh, uh, directorial film, Shine Your Eyes, Shine Your Eyes had a certain journey. Uh, tell me, after all these years, do you find yourself in a better position to command your funds? Or has your process become easier to make films? I guess because of the situation in Brazil, the opposite, hmm. in the sense that, we developed our whole careers kind of uh, and, and our reputations within uh, a system that mm. doesn't exist anymore, you know, so so it is very hard right now to, to kind of think of ways forward and, and imagine exactly what, what we could do. Uh, and, and both for me and Julia, we feel that if we are to shoot films in the next few years, it will probably be with foreign funds, you know, not Brazilian ones. So that is a certain reinvention we'll have to go through, you know, to, to be able to access those funds and have people know our work and all of that. So right now it feels like it's more difficult than ever in a way. So it's, it's, it doesn't feel easier, I guess. But uh, I, I do agree completely. But at the same time, I think it's important to add that if it was not because of Bolsonaro, yes, for sure. Uh, the fact that uh, we already have a career makes things much easier. And that's why I think the government needs to, to look for the new people. Because it's easier, much easier to, to be able to, 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 to demand a grant when you already have a film that made a good career. 
we can do something else, you know, maybe, uh, you know, just let us know and we can organize ourselves just to, to, to kind of, if you feel something was missing, you know, just let us know. Okay, okay, Matthias. Thank you for, for saying that and thank you for saying that last time as well. You're the only person who says that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most important two takeaways that I have uh, from this episode is one when Julia says that the intent to make the film was to talk about the relationship that aspect that's difficult to talk that's something I think I think a lot of us can relate to and of course the part that how AI is going to dictate the future of creativity is something that we need to ponder upon algorithms and what Matthias says that one of the most difficult part for him being a filmmaker is to constantly think that what he's putting out there is it worth putting out there and of course uh, this is a festive week in India where we are going to be celebrating one of the most important festivals called Diwali uh, so happy Diwali guys if you are celebrating and a lot of people go back home to be with their families their loved ones so if you're traveling be safe and travel safe and may you be your own light so take care and have a great weekend and have a great week ahead <laughs>